Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to White Wine Question Time. I've got to be honest, it's a little early for me to be hitting the bottle this week because we're recording this episode at 8.30am UK time. But my guest is literally on the other side of the world in Melbourne, having already popped her cork. And my only wish is that we were recording this episode in person so I could raise a glass with her face to face. She is a show business stalwart. Some might say an icon. She's a recording artist who started working at the age of seven and has quite literally never stopped, clocking up millions of record sales, awards, creative ventures along the way. And after stepping onto the X Factor judging panel, hasn't stopped working on both sides of, of the planet as a talent judge, most recently on Australia's Masked Singer. As a child star, she was the toast of Australian television, appearing regularly on Young Talent Time and winning it before moving on to Star in Home and Away, which brought her to UK audiences alongside her sister Kylie, who made her name a few years earlier on Neighbours. They both quickly relocated to London to launch and pursue highly successful recording careers, which saw her pivot from pop to dance music with critical acclaim. After spending 22 years in London, she relocated back to Australia when she became a mother almost 10 years ago. Well, a little over 10 years ago now. And she now lives with her son, Ethan, in Melbourne with a partner of eight years. If you've missed her, and I know you have, don't worry, she's back on our screen soon from February the 28th with her highly successful fashion and jewellery range for petite women, which is launching here on QVC. So let's dial her up. I can't wait. It's Danny Minogue. Good morning, good evening, I mean, in Melbourne. Danny Minogue, what a blooming treat to see your sweet oh, face. Oh, you too. You are oh. looking hot, hot, hot. As are you. I've got my ring light on, though, I have to say. This is slightly early for me. The face is still waking. <laughs> Well, you look so beautiful. You look like you are in a photo shoot. So <laughs> I, I've got my ring light on just because it's dark here. So I'm in Melbourne, Australia. You're having breakfast. Yeah. I'm having wine time. I love you for drinking the wine. I mean, I'm almost feeling like being rock and roll enough to say. Am I the only one who's ever done it? Everyone else no. actually just drinks tea or? No, no. I normally always drink the wine, but it is 8.40 a.m. here. So, and I've got a day of homeschooling ahead of me. So I don't know how well that would go down with the school when I'm. You know what I say, Kate? Homeschooling's like being in an airport. Um, it's five o'clock somewhere. Totally. Margaritaville. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be easier. Long division is so much more fun with a little glass of wine. (laughs) Yeah, especially after three when you go. Who cares what the answer is? We tried. Yeah, yeah. Just watch Netflix. <laughs> How are you? How is life in Melbourne? Oh, it's it's good now. It, it, it was pretty intense and extreme, uh, our lockdown that we had here. So um, even though we don't have the numbers that you have in the UK, I do, you know, have have some feeling of, of what it's like really to not be able to hug family members, not to be able oh. to go out, to to wear a mask 
absolutely everywhere. I actually worked during the lockdown. So I was, you know, coming home from work with papers that I was getting stopped by police because there were curfews and um, it was really intense. Like it's, you feel so lucky to be able to go to work, but at the same time you're like, okay, this is sensory overload. And, um, you know, once you um, commit to a series and you're doing it, there's that's it you're on the train and uh, whatever happens on that train with all the passengers on that train happens and we had an outbreak at work so it was is this not was this when you were doing the mass singer yeah uh so just like from one minute to the next everything can change and it did We, we were just about to start filming our grand finale so you know the drill like your adrenaline is on fire Um, pumped yeah yeah I'm not in my dress yet but I've got I have tried on the outfit I'm in my gown I've got top to toe makeup like there's not one bit of me that has not makeup on it I've got my weave in (laughs) I've got my lashes on and we're going into our last production meeting um before we go on set because once you're on set it's just like you're out there it's free fall um and we're in the meeting and um someone comes in the room and and there's only a certain amount of people allowed in each room and you're only allowed in certain parts of the building and there's only the um the four panelists and the hosts that are in the entire building without a mask so be, so we are obviously very conscious because I can't wear a mask that's the one thing that's going to protect you and I can't do that so I, I really need to make sure everyone else is doing you know safety checks and stuff anyway um uh, someone from the network work walks into the room and says, everybody stay where you are. And we were like, what? We've got to go out on set now. Like, it's time to go. No, you can't leave this room. What do you mean we can't leave this room? You have to stay in this room until we come back and tell you what you can do because um, we've just been notified that some of the crew that had tests yesterday, it was taking 24 hours for the test mm-hmm. results to come back. Uh, have just the results have just come back and there are positive cases we're like how many who is it like is it someone that we've been near because we don't have masks on they're like we'll get you all the information later but at the moment you just have to stay where you where you are and uh it was just surreal like my adrenaline was going and of course I do the complete stupid Danny Minogue thing and I go but can't we just film it can't we just like we're here already can't we just film it let's do the show right here (laughs) yeah uh so yeah we 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 went home and um we went into 17 days of isolation to make sure everybody um was clear we had three COVID tests um I had I, I was in a separate building to my parents but I'd walked in to their building just it 24 hours before so they were sent into isolation as well because they were considered a close contact um and so it was it was crazy we're all waiting around thinking actually can we even do the grand finale because technically how do we do it and then by then the host and one of the panelists had to fly back to sydney one of the other panelists is from new zealand so she flies back to new zealand and we do the grand finale with two of the panellists in Melbourne who are Melbourne-based, um, one of the panellists in Sydney, another panellist in hotel quarantine and the host in Sydney. <laughs> no TV show had ever been made like this before. So um, we were all like, no, we can do it. We can, Yeah, we can do it. We're just oh, like, we've got to work it out. We'll just uh, technically we'll, we'll work it out. So uh, we were on set, you know, uh, the host is in Sydney, on a green screen and you know getting told in his ear like turn left and say to the singer in the mask you know <laughs> whatever about the performance like shooting the, cgi yeah the singer is in melbourne on stage you know dressed as a whatever mask singer then looking to their right to nothing on stage having a conversation with the host and i thought when you just thought this show could not get more surreal, like people singing yeah. <laughs> in costumes and you're trying to guess who they are, I thought, wow, this is this is really it now. This this takes it. Oh peaked. gosh. <laughs> yeah, we peaked, we peaked. 
I wanted to kick off by taking you back to the 22 mm -hmm. years you spent in London. Mm. 22 years. I mean, it's a lifetime, Danny. It yeah, is it a is. lifetime. So I wanted you to imagine that, forget COVID, you're jumping on a plane, you're coming back, you've got a week here. I want to know what's on your itinerary. Who are you seeing? Where are you going and why? Well, uh, normally my sister's there, so I would always have a catch up with my sister. Um, we have little, um, either I go to her house or we have little places that we go in London that, you know, that we love that are just really private. Um, uh, another friend of mine, Kathy Lett, who lives oh. in North London, uh, I'll either go and see her at the family home um, I'm really good friends with her kids and or she will come and meet me at the Savoy where she was writer in residence and we will sit at the bar there and have a cocktail that's named after her of course and just be fabulous and have fun. What do you have to do to be a writer in residence at the Savoy? I, I, she, I mean it's a, a tradition that's gone on for years there and you just think of the history that are in the walls there and obviously oh. the place has had this massive renovation and it's just stunning and yeah she lived there for quite some time and it was just one wow. of those you know opportunities that when you're asked to do that the answer is yes, yes. <laughs> so Kathy so you would meet Kathy what at the American bar in the Savoy yeah and and, and have what cocktails yeah there's some I, there's some cocktail named after her so oh. uh yeah I know how cool is she's that? Like, she's like um, she's like your family in the UK, isn't she, Kathy? She's really been there for you and your sister, pretty much from the moment you guys got to know one another. Well, did you get to know her here in London? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had been such fans of, um, you know, her writing, particularly her first book, Puberty Blues, and <laughs> uh, it, it it just is a deep dive into, you know. 70s Australia if if anyone's brave enough to read it uh go right ahead uh her parents didn't speak to her for a long time after she wrote that book a long time uh but I met her I was walking into a party uh, I think it was at the uh, Moschino store and uh, she was walking out with her husband and her kids and Julius was sort of ahead of her her son and uh he just stopped me and we were like right in the middle of the doorway and he said you're Kylie's sister aren't you and I was like yes what um yeah, yeah um yes and he goes oh um yes Kylie's really great I really really love Kylie and I said oh she's amazing isn't she and he's like she's got a concert on hasn't she and I said yeah yeah she does and we were in this conversation, I thought, I, I don't really know who I'm talking to. And then I got introduced, standing behind Julius was Kathy, and uh, I was introduced. This is Kathy Lett from Australia. I mean, I hadn't even finished Australia, and I was like, what? And so <laughs> it was the most amazing moment that Julius did stop me, and we didn't pass each other. And, th and then yeah. somebody tell me later, oh, that was Kathy Lett who just you know, left the party because I was I was getting there a little bit late. And and from that moment onwards, like we we stayed and chatted and I said, Well actually, yeah, my, my sister's doing a concert. I know she'd love you guys to come. So uh, why don't I give her a call and organize some tickets? And it was from that moment onwards she kind of adopted us. She'd been living yeah. in London for a long time and uh yeah she's always been that great girlfriend that you can always call and uh, our parents always knew that, you know, if there was any situation that needed help, that she was close by because obviously right. they're so far away in Australia. So it's turned out to be a great friendship. She's taught me so much about, you know, confidence in in being a woman and 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 what that means and and how much has changed in her lifetime and my mm. lifetime and how much it hopefully will change more for our children. I hope so. So, so you're gonna. So you you go straight over to your sisters, and you, you kind of pound the neighbourhood for all your favourite secret places to go and eat and drink and hang out. Then you go see Kathy. You're gonna have a cocktail with her, named after her at the Savoy. Where else are you going that week? Who else is on your must see, must do list? Well, I do like walking, so I love walking along the river. 
Uh, I like going to parks. Battersea Park is my favourite. So I live near there for many, many, many years and it's just beautiful and the little sort of children's animal farm in the middle and, you know, the secret rose garden and the lake. The fountains. I mean, I, it's oh, the fountains. just, yeah, so that's kind of like one of my favourite places. So that's a favourite of yours. What? Where else would you go in London? What? What are you? What do you miss about life here? Well, funnily enough, I just was doing some motorbike riding the other day as a pillion here, but um, I posted a picture, and my friends were really confused. They're like, "What? What are you doing in bike gear?" And I'm like, "Well." I was only a pillion, but I do have a motorbike license. And they're like, you what? Do you have a motorbike license? I'm like, yeah, like I learned to ride in London. I did a week course and you got the bike for the week. And my favourite thing was to get the motorbike and go out late at night and ride where you could actually see more than five metres ahead of you. You weren't, you know, swallowed up with traffic and and ride around Buckingham Palace and and go down Regent Street and and just ride all around on my own. You could clearly see all the potholes coming up, so that was fine. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty safe. Um, yeah, that was really special to me. And I kind of just getting on a bike again, even as a passenger, I was like, ah, oh, kind of feel like I'd, I'd I'd like to ride again. The only time I've ridden a bike is across Sydney Harbour Bridge. <gasps> Did you? Wow. I was holding on to somebody and then he let me do it on my own. I was, I was quite rubbish. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. That and is frightening, it- that bridge. There's so many lanes and it goes so fast. But I love that you would go out at night and do that kind of secret exploration, especially when nobody can see you and you're not being looked at or um, you're just having a moment for yourself because that, that, must, that must have felt really freeing. It was freeing and just to see the beauty of London because there's normally so much traffic and, you know, people moving about. Um, I'm sure anybody who's moving about now that, you know, is able to work, I know you you got out the other day, you're moving about and there's, you know, the roads are pretty empty and and you suddenly see things that you haven't seen before and yeah. uh, wildlife and animals have, you know, returned to the city. Like the the amount of birds is so good. The bird song is is deafening and that is wonderful, especially in the first lockdown when literally, I mean, we're, we're kind of back to where we were with the first lockdown. There's not many planes in the sky and the traffic's yeah. really low on the street. So you're right. You get you wake up to this chorus of chatter yeah. and I've got some birds in a tree outside my bedroom and every morning they're awake before me and they, they are my alarm call. And I, I've, I've never had normally my alarm would go off. I get up, get out, you know, now I actually sit and I listen to them. And I think what are what they're saying, which is either me being insane or me actually taking a moment to sit and think about life. I don't know which yet, um, but you're right. There's those things amplify in lockdown and you start to see beauty in things that you never even Gave a minute to before. Yeah. So where else do you miss in London? Like if it's a night time, where would you like to go and eat with and who would you eat with? One one of my favourite places is Cheney Walk Brasserie. Beautiful food and very like tucked away. You wouldn't, like the first time I tried to find it, I couldn't find it, uh, which is kind of good. It's just, you know, very local. Um, gosh, I guess it's been kind of, years since I've really been going out I'm gonna to have to ask you know when I get back like where do I go where do I go um, what's new yeah yeah because I suppose you you moved back to Melbourne when when you had when you had your son and um, that was pretty yeah. much it then wasn't it so it's been, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a minute it's been a minute yeah I mean at one stage I had been in London longer than Australia and now but yeah I've been back for a while um it's weird because my job and life was always revolving around it's okay because London's only you know 25 26 hours away it's just a day and I can be there and I can work and come back and I'm pretty good just working through jet lag and dealing with it and kind of loving that you know sometimes I just um, full-time mum, but then when I get on that plane and go, I can just full-time, you know, really concentrate on what I'm doing and then come back and pack the cases away and it's back to the school run and making the lunches and all of that because it's hard sometimes when it's really mixing together because I yeah. get distracted and um, 
you know, when when your child calls, you you can't help but just kind of you know want to grab them and be with them, and and I I can't in this job. Yeah, it's really hard. I get it, especially when you're a single parent. You're pulling a double shift a lot of the time. I had some time when I was a single parent, and uh, I'm in a relationship now. It's coming up to eight years, so I oh haven't God. haven't had to do everything on my own, and and that's been amazing like it's it's really good to be able to share that with somebody so if you came back to London would you bring him with you as well as Ethan or would it would it be a solo trip how would you how would you plan out your 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 dream week back here in the UK absolutely we've all been there a few times like once we flew to London for two days my partner came with me uh I was surprising my parents Kylie was doing a Christmas show at the Royal Albert Hall my parents were in London for the show sitting in the audience and they had no idea that I was going to pop out on stage and Ah. sing a duet with Kylie and we've never ever surprised them before in our lives and so I was really nervous I'd um, finished filming X Factor I think I went back to Melbourne to drop off all my bags and cases and then got on a flight to London for two days, did the show. I literally was like, I don't know how we can keep this a secret because there's paparazzi at the airport. And, yeah. you know, they're always there. So I fly, you know, it's 26 hours. I get off at the other end. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't think I see anyone. Oh, my goodness. So I get <laughs> in the car. I head straight to Royal Albert Hall. And you, your head feels a little bit whoa, after a flight that long and the time difference is extreme. I literally walked in, went straight to sound check, then had a shower. They threw me in a costume, which I'd never seen before, hadn't tried on, just made (laughs) it all work and then went on stage and did the show. I don't know how, but just adrenaline and we, we were just so excited to to shock my parents. So my, my partner come with me. I'm like, I, I need someone to hold my hand. You know, this will be yeah. a real adventure. And then uh, we'd, we'd gone back to London another time and lived there for a month when I was filming Let It Shine with um, Gary Barlow. Gary, yeah. Yeah. So we were um, living in Soho and uh, getting to explore everywhere there. And so that was that was kind of cool. And Ethan, like he remembers, you know, the the double-decker buses and, you know, always, not that there's many, but I always point out a, a red phone booth because it's still, you know, cool to me and the black taxis and all of that stuff. When you moved back to Melbourne, what did you hanker for? What was it? What were the things that you really missed about 22 years here? I didn't really have any time when I missed anything because I was always back and forth. So if I was living in Melbourne, I was working in London. If I was living in London, I was coming back to Melbourne to work to do Australia's Got Talent or to do a photo shoot or something or visit family for Christmas. So I never missed it and and nothing ever seemed that far away. But now with COVID, my life suddenly seems completely stupid crazy it doesn't work like I can't you know live on one side of the world and work on the other you know and a plane ride is very different to a bus ride and I just got used to being able to I'll just book a flight I'll book a hotel I'll be there and um, now it's a matter of I mean this isn't going to go away anytime soon so now it's a matter of uh, working out you know all the different ways that that I can do the sorts of things that that I want to do from being in one place because we've all just got to stop for a moment. Yeah, but how long's that moment? And you're quite right. I mean, you still carry. I mean, you never stop working anyway. You and your sister have the most incredible work ethic. It's something I've admired in you both. Uh, and you've worked for, from the age of seven. Like you, you need a day off. You really, you really deserve. <laughs> But you're um, you're you're the ultimate plate spinner. There's the fashion range, which is coming over here now. I yeah. I can't imagine that you just sit there and go, yeah, I'll sign those off. I I would imagine that you are really hands on with everything you do. How do you work that around life, motherhood, relationships, oceans? <laughs> I mean, how how do you do it? It's difficult because, as I say, I would I, I would be used to being a mum and then getting on a plane and then 
having all my focus at the other end when I got there. Now I'm juggling everything. So there was a long time of um, homeschooling. And um, in one way it was great when homeschooling finished work started and now Ethan's back at school um, and I work in the evening. So sometimes I can't do dinner and tuck him into bed. Um, but, you know, I just try and balance it out. Um, so the days are just quite long. <laughs> I Just today I, I had to get him some more school shorts and he's at the top size of the, the, the kids' clothing. Uh, sometimes he's small men, so I'm running between two departments. And as I'm like in, 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 in the guy's section trying to find him the right shorts for school, um, I walk past the baby stuff. And I couldn't help but stop and just, you know, pick it up, these little tiny, tiny things. And, gosh, the the, the wave of emotion that goes mm. through you. And, you know, I always thought it would be cool to do it again because the first time around you don't know anything. And, no, and, and I know, I hear you. And then, and then you want to be able to do it and kind of go, okay, I know what I'm doing. But all uh, parents that have had more than one child say to me, no, it doesn't work that way. The second one will be a trick. It'll be completely different and yeah. you still have no idea what you're doing. I, I think you're much like me. You, you you kind of didn't know you wanted to be a mum until you wanted to be a mum, right? It was not yes. something you'd hankered after for years and I, yeah. I, I completely identify with that. I was so happy at work and I was having such a fun time that it wasn't something I thought about until my sort of early mid 30s and then yeah. and then I got on board with it and mm. it I always say to Ben when you were born you put all the colors in my rainbow oh. did you have that same did it blow your mind in the same way it blew mine yes it did um but weirdly enough I'm I'm very spiritual and I'm drawn to spiritual people and this woman that I'd met um when I was working on X Factor, she said, there is a baby boy waiting for you. Like you just need to get pregnant. I was like, pregnant me, motherhood, no. Like what are you talking about? And she's like, you don't understand. You two will have, he's waiting for you. Like he's chosen you. You will, this relationship that you have will be beyond your wildest dreams. And it is, and I think about that, Wow. What she said to me all the time. I do. I feel like we've chosen each other. Like it's oh. absolutely incredible. It, you know, like when you're saying put all the colors in the rainbow, like just setting everything alight, but every day just like unfolds like something else. And uh, yeah, it's it's so cool. I love it. I remember talking to your sister not long after you'd had Ethan. And I was like, how's Danny? How's mother? She was like, you wouldn't believe it. She's just so natural and it's it's such a beautiful thing to see. And she didn't it didn't seem from what she'd said that you um had a step change with it. It was just like he's here and this is us now and yeah. let's go. Yeah, it was really incredible. There was an amazing moment where she came over to my house and uh I said, Oh, Ethan's just in his cop, you know, you can go and like have a look, see if he's awake. I haven't heard him on the baby monitor or anything, but he could just be lying there awake. And so she goes in and he's awake and she starts talking to him. Oh, hello, you know, how you doing? Yeah. And I walked in and just saw his face. He's looking up at her like, that is my mum's voice, but you are not my Like I don't, um, you, you don't <laughs> smell like my mum, but you sound like my mum because we sound so alike. Even really if do. we call our parents, they can't tell us apart. They're like, where are you? Are you, what are you doing? And they're like, if I say, oh, well, I'm with Ethan here, they're like, okay. No, it's Danny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's thing one, not thing two. <laughs> <laughs> You are actually, now you say that, you do sound so alike. You really do. Except when you sing. You sound very different when you sing. For sure. For sure. Which is why, you know, it's been fun when we have done duets and stuff. It blends well. Like always siblings blend well, but there's a very different tone there. She has a much higher register than me. There's like a harmonics that happens when you sing with siblings that you, that you can't get any other way. Really interesting, isn't it? And just going for just to go back to the you know the the, the concert that you flew in 
two days to London to perform in front of your parents. Um, what did they do? And what was their reaction when they saw that you come out on stage with her? Okay, so the funniest thing was they, from where they're sitting, like at the side up in this box, they see a girl with darker hair come around the back of this big stage thing and they know it's not Kylie and they're like, okay, who's that? And I start singing straight away and my dad nudges my mum and says, geez, there's a girl on the stage that looks and sounds so much like Danny because they knew I'd just finished work days before. There is Right. So it played a trick in their head and he's going, I wonder who this is. And my manager and her husband are are standing right behind them laughing so hard, (laughs) trying not to, like when they looked around like, does anyone know who this is? They're going, no, don't know, don't know who it is. The audience from the front row had erupted. It was like the roof had come off. Still no clue. Still no clue. (laughs) Still singing together. And they're going, geez, well, gosh, she's a lot like Danny. But they just thought, you know, she'd chosen somebody to sing with her that was like me. Bless. It was about halfway through before they realised what was going on. And Seriously? (laughs) Yeah. And then there was like, ah, moment. And halfway through the song we we, like we both looked up I don't know if we pointed but we like we looked right at them and then we could see at that moment on their faces okay they know they've got it it was the best how did you not cry in that moment I would have just been a mess it was it was just this elation like after the show finished like backstage I had mates there from London and um friends that we both know and um it was just it was incredible because when I arrived I had to get in without them seeing me and so nobody in the the band or the dancers or anyone could know that I was there so there was like a code name on the door like somebody who's a guest performer I can't even remember what name was on the door so when anybody was talking on comms backstage, they wouldn't say, is Danny here or when are we doing the rehearsal with Danny? My name couldn't be mentioned anyway. So there were only a couple of people like the musical director, Kylie, the tour manager and her management that knew that I was there. It was like six people. Um, so it was crazy. Like when I went out on stage, um, even the dancers, nobody knew. And I had seen them at some of her other concerts. So then when I came backstage, they were like, what? What?" Like (laughs) tricked everybody, but it was just like, no, we, we had to get that moment in without it being, you know, spoiled. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I wanted to tap into 
life lessons because I sit there and watch my son as you're watching Ethan now and they are so close in age working their way through life and and I, I know I can't protect him from learning some of life's harsher lessons but I wondered if you could spare Ethan some of the lessons you've learned the hard way what would they be and and would you even actually because sometimes we need those lessons don't we yeah the, today's one in the car Ethan's very honest and if somebody says something to him he believes that so I had to kind of break it to him today I'm like well not everybody actually means what they're saying and you've got to start like trying to gauge who you can trust who you can't trust and who's lying and and who's telling the truth because he just thinks well if you said it it then it's going to happen and it's true or so it's just like that tipping point of that complete innocence and it was to do with being bullied at school and and he said but the bullies said they'll never do it again and I'm like not typically something a bully would say (laughs) I don't know if I'd believe that but it'd be lovely if it was true but yeah just some of those uh, conversations they just come up as as they happen yeah it's really hard isn't it like I'd always said to Ben if you try your best, all you've got to do is try your best. And then he'll come back at some point and go, I didn't make, you know, the A team at football and I really tried my best. And you said, and then mm. you go, oh, God, yeah, you're so literal in, in the way that you consume everything that we say to you. That's harsh. And he's like, but so now where do I go? If I just tried my best and it wasn't enough, I'm like, well, then that takes me to life isn't fair. Or it's just part of the experience. It's some road leading you that that wasn't the destination. You know, you have that penny drop moment where you go, oh, oh, they were all felt like really random things at the time. But now that I'm doing this, that makes total sense. What experiences that you've been through felt tricky in the time, but in hindsight were for the greater good? So many things where you really wanting something to happen. Um I guess like in the UK, a lot of people know me through the X Factor experience. And that's like, um, as you know, it's pretty like full on. And at the time that I was doing it, like half the country was watching. So at, at the time I felt like it was really pressure cooker moments. Um, but I did grow in an internal strength from that and I feel like conversations I have with people that um, people watching at home could see that evolution. I mean, the first day I was there, uh, I remember the media saying, well, why, you know, why are you here on this judging desk and what what is your opinion and what do you, what do you know? And I said, I don't know. I just got asked to be you and I love the show. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sitting here between Louis, Sharon and Simon. It's unreal. Like, I have no idea why I'm here, but, you know, like take this experience and run with it, like sort of going from from there, just having this opportunity to this huge, huge life-changing experience in in a matter of years. And it was, it was on that show that um, it was the first time when I was mentoring that I had any feeling of being maternal I was so protective of yeah of anyone who was in my team and I was protective of them and wanted to look after them wanted the best for them and I felt like a mother when I like pushed them out on stage and you know they'd be nervous and wanting to throw up and I don't want to go on stage and I'm like no no you'll be fine you'll be fine like nerves are good if you didn't have nerves and you're going on stage now and half the country's watching and it's live I would be worried about you, you know. So I was just like this complete mother. And uh, then when the lady had said to me, like, you, "There's, you know, you're going to have this baby boy," and it kind of was like, it, it was through that experience that I even was like open enough to the thought of it. So it, for me, looking back on that huge experience and everything, you know, that was a part of it and it basically you know set me up for 
you know, the next part of my life. Like I had worked from, as you say, from seven years old. There's so many moments where I thought, well, in entertainment years, you know, like animal years, like it's like, years. <laughs> yeah, my time is surely up any moment. It's been lovely and I've no experience in anything. I left school at 16. I have no qualifications, but I'm sure I'll work something out. Like you, you, you just feel like, okay, it's like it's coming to a natural end soon I can feel it and uh uh x factor was like no that was just just being thrown out there and it was the start of it it was it was another start it was and it's propelled me for many years afterwards and I'm so thankful of of having that time and experiencing all of the people that I met in London you know through the music you know me releasing music or through TV shows like X Factor, Let It Shine, through Big Breakfast that I used to host, like yes. uh, done the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, you know, there's nothing like being slimed in the middle of London. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, it, epic, epic, epic. What is that I can hear in the background there? Is that, it sounds so I utterly just, tropical and fabulous. It is so tropical. I mean, it's summertime here. My door is open and as it's gone dark outside, it's either crickets and cicadas, like it could be both, I don't know. But um, where I live, as I was saying, with COVID, the birds have come back and all the animals are back. Bats fly above me at night time. There's the migration of the fruit bats and um, there's frogs out there as well. I mean, it is incredible. If I could record this, I would sleep to this every night. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. It sounds like the kind of thing that I try to meditate to. It's beautiful. I'll have to bring you a it recording. Really I love that that the talent show route has given you um, another chapter, another professional chapter. Um, and I really relate to the, the the fact that you talk about the intensity of the X Factor because I did the first three seasons. So I think you came in after I'd been. I watched every out. one of you. <laughs> And I, I understand how um, how your maternal instincts were um, ignited through that experience, because I would feel massively maternal towards some of the contestants mm. um, and still remain in touch with them to this day. Oh, um, that's so good. But especially when, you know, because I'd, I'd, I'd had a career behind the scenes before I went in front of the camera. So you see what this machine, this kind of industry does to people. And that, that duty of care was really, I was really mindful of that. I have to say, I have to say, I, I was thinking about Smash Hits and how um, great it was that the people who were in the pop charts were put on the cover of that magazine because I wasn't going to be on any other um, magazine cover. Like at that time there was very much you had to have a certain look and it was models that were on magazines, it wasn't celebrities, and this was a place where everyone could be there and be themselves. And that's what I loved about turning every page is that every page there was somebody that was completely different. I loved it. There was one exception to this rule, and this is where I'm going to tell you this because it's hilarious and you know them. So Ant and Deck, when they were still PJ and Duncan. Yes, I um, remember. Right, you know, Ant with his kind of like spiky hair, hedgehog yeah. hair. And um, they, had the lo- they had a really lovely manager at the time called Dave Warwick and, in, and, they, and a great PR called Simon and they'd phone up and say, um, you know, can we get the boys back on the cover? And, and we, it, the, the, every time we put them on the cover, the sales had started to just slightly, you know, drop. So we were like, well, it would be really nice if we could find something new to do with the boys. And anyway, the, I said, what, rather than us saying, can you do this? Why don't we get together and put our heads together? So we all met in the pub next door to the offices in just off, off Oxford Street. Yeah. And. We sat down and over many, many drinks decided that we were going to kill PJ and Duncan. <gasps> wow. And, and rebirthed them as Ant and Deck. That was the cover story. And we went, this is going to be epic. Like you can tell there was a lot of drink. Um, let's get Rankin in to shoot it. Now Rankin would never normally shoot for a magazine like Smash Hits. So I had to ring Rankin up and go, do you want to kill PJ and Duncan and give birth to Anton Deck? And then the record label got involved and they decided to call their new album The Cult of Anton Deck. And I went, I know, 
why don't you guys, I think you'd be great on telly. Why don't you come and host the Smash It's Poll winners? And that was the first live telly they'd ever done. So oh like, and goodness. I said, what we'll do is we'll kill, we'll kill PJ and Duncan and we'll stage a funeral and we'll photograph burying them. And then emerging from that will be Ant and Deck. And then we'll put a mask of each of, each of you on people's chairs in the arena as we oh do a big wide opening shot for the Smash It's Poll winners. And we'll say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the cult of Ant and Deck. Please welcome your hosts. And that'll be the name of the album and it will all fall together beautifully which it did until we turned Declan Ginger by mistake. <laughs> so he had this massive rebirth and he was supposed to be blonde with this kind of like sort of surfer's hairdo and it was just bright orange. <laughs> it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Um, and we just shaved all his hair off. He just sat in a chair. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, no worries. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, poor old Deck, literally. And, and we couldn't Photoshop like we do now. So we couldn't even sort yeah. of take it down. So he had this massive kind of re-identification in, in not looking anything quite like he wanted to. But that was the fun of Smash <laughs> But that, yeah, that's that's the charm about those boys is that it, it, whatever you see is real. That's them. Like that's why they they communicate so well through the camera to people at home. My last question to you is a really simple one. You get a call, you've got a book in, you've got to give a TED talk. Ooh. What's your TED talk about? And why is, why is that subject important to you? For me, I think the TED talk would be about the thread. And is it sometimes you don't know where it's leading you? And that's okay. You're not at the destination yet. And we all sort of reach these pivotal moments at different points in our life. So if you're 17, 18, and all your friends know what they, they want to do, and they're all like organized and you're not, it's okay. Um, it's okay for us to all take it at our own pace and to find our way. Um, I, I, it was definitely that way for me, like leaving school at 16, I'd been offered a recording contract. And I thought, really, this isn't going to last much longer. I'm just... I, I made sure that I was A plus and I said to my parents, I'm going to take a year off. I know this is not gap year, doesn't normally happen until after year 12, but look at my scorecards. This is an opportunity that won't be there in a couple of years' time. Like, please, please, please let me do it. I promise if it fails, I'll go back to school. And that was it. I never went back. So never it's just back. like, you know, <laughs> finding your own way and um, going for it when you feel, when you really feel it deep inside, when that's the thing that, that gives you the buzz. And, and of course you do your due diligence and you, you, you try and map it out sensibly, of course, but you've going with that thing that is so deep inside you. I, I, and I would say to younger kids, as long as you go for it, knowing that whatever happens, you've been in charge of that decision and it may go great and it may not, but just be just be cool with it. Like it's going to be what it's going to be. That's out of your control. What is in your control is feeling that and acting on it and, and trying to make things as secure as you can every step of the way. The rest is not in your control. How can you know that you're going to have a hit record or that, you know, Kate's going to put you on the cover of a Smash Hits magazine and then you're going to end up on top of the box. You do not know until you take that step and, and be brave and put yourself out there if you think that this is something that you can do maybe a little bit different than anyone else. And it's, it's that, that, that kind of courage to fail. I think yes. that's so important because... They're, they're the steepest learning curves in life. Uh, the things that you feel are a mistake at the time can set you up for that next stage that you've got no sight of. But you're right, you've just got to have a bit of blind faith. Yeah, and there's no handbook for this. So it's like total opposite to studying something, you know, at university and getting a degree and then saying, right, I've got, you know, the toolkit for this. 
what this is is being it's evolving and changing all the time what tv shows are and it's now gone from you know uh commercial television to streaming and podcasts and it's like what is it it's always evolving so how by the time i've studied for that and get out in the world it's now changed so you've got to just jump in and be a part of it and i've heard you say in your podcast before about the imposter syndrome and we can't study for this so there is no handbook none of us know what's going on but I think that if you do it with big heart and and you're genuine which you have done and with great intentions that resonates and I've always said people are not stupid and they really feel that and they can see it through the tv and they can hear it down you know on radio and through podcasts People are not stupid. So you got to go out yeah. there and just let your guard down and, and be you. And you, gosh, you have done that. And so I hope, have you. I hope from this day forward, you shed that, let that go. Um, we've got to shake it out of you. I know. It, it, and I do. I shake it out. One thing I'd love to, to spare my son is that, is that is the question in yourself just go for it feel it and you know I want to say to him what my parents said to me if it doesn't work out just come home it's fine I'm always here oh isn't that beautiful <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah what I, that's what I would love to hear is you talking through your your tales of resilience and surviving and constantly creating because you've never stopped you yeah. must be tired no, I love it. It gives me so much energy and, and so That's much it. joy and particularly in the fashion because not many people know that it's sort of been a big part of my life for a very, very long time yeah. since, you know, my grandmother sewing stuff in the lounge room uh, and teaching me about patterns and stuff. It's been a big, big part of my life. Having my first clothing range at 17, this was before yeah. celebrity clothing mm. ranges and it wasn't this company saying we will put your name to something the reason why they came to me was because I was designing my own costumes that I was wearing on tv and kids were seeing it going hey we want some of this now you know all these years on what you've done as well is created a line that is for petite women and people yeah. misunderstand petite they think it either yeah. means short or thin and it's not it's not just those two requirements there's so much more that goes into helping a, a petite woman feel fabulous in the clothes that she wears because they show her at their best it, it it plays a big part towards your confidence and it has done with me so i didn't realize i was petite until my early 20s i didn't know what that meant i just knew that when i walked into a store and i'm shopping with girlfriends anything that was on the rack they would go and they would find their size and put it on and it would fit them and look great and they would buy that and walk out. I would walk through the door of the store and look around and there was nothing in that store that will fit me and my confidence was like, is there something wrong with me? I didn't know why everything on the rack would fit everyone else except me. And it was it bizarre, like a, a, this whole body confidence thing. And everything that I bought had to be altered, but I still hadn't like clicked, you know, what was going on. And I knew I was from a short family and everybody would always say, the Minogues are so short, they're very little. Um, <laughs> but I, it was when uh, a seamstress was helping me alter clothes and I said, I don't know what's wrong with me that I have to do this every time I buy something. She said, there's nothing wrong with you. I said, there isn't? And she's like, no, you're petite. And I'm like, but what is that? Like, I don't understand. She said, you're short. And so the measurements of your neck are shorter, your torso is shorter, your legs are shorter, your arms are shorter, your shoulders are narrower. Everything's different. So much so that you have to start with a different pattern. So I can alter these as best I can to fit you, but they're never going to look like if something is made for your shape. But I was like, but is it just, I still didn't work out. So it's just me that petite, like am I weird? She's like, no, all short people. So anybody under five foot three or under 160 centimetres. And I could have cried. It was this penny drop moment 
this light bulb where I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I still can't go anywhere and shop because I still didn't know a store that sold petite clothing anywhere. So girlfriends would still say, well, you know, do you want to go shopping? I'd go, no, I'll meet you for lunch. Yeah. There's no enjoyment there for me. You guys are all going to have an amazing time. I'm going to watch you shop and I'm going to buy something that's going to cost me 50 quid to have it altered and it's going to take a week before I get it back and it's still not going to fit me properly. And I still have and to feel not, like demoralizing. You're, you're feeling you, it's an experience that leaves you not feeling good about you, not seen, not represented. Yeah. And so there was this moment, and I laugh about this now, years ago, when a plus size department, you know, moved into all stores. And there was a mannequin that people could walk into and go, oh, that looks like me. And, and I can take something off the rack and it fits me. Oh, I'd walk into the store as jealous as anything. Right, there's kids' clothes, <laughs> there's regular clothes, there's maternity clothes, and there's plus size. And I still don't fit into anything. So I still don't not represent I don't exist. I'm not represented. And I think I still, even though this seamstress has told me, no, you're just petite, I still feel like, but surely there's mm-hmm. something wrong with me. And I must be the only one. If these department stores don't have a section for me, I must be the only one. And it was really playing on my confidence. And so for me now in Australia, I've um, had a petite clothing range for six years. Um, It's been amazing. I, I had a mannequin made. When I went to the guy who makes mannequins in Australia, he said, it's the first petite mannequin I've ever made. And I said, well, I will cry when I see it because I'm sick of shopping in the kids' section and I don't fit really kids' clothes or adult clothes. And I've never, ever walked into a store in my life and seen a mannequin that I feel like is me. And so it was very emotional. We put on a fashion show where all the girls walking were petite. We went to model agencies. They don't represent anyone particularly because nobody's booking them for anything. Since yeah. we were doing fashion shows and now I need to book models for online photo sessions, there are petite sections as there have been for years, plus size, you know, modelling. Um, now there's there's a petite category and it, it exists. And, and so I feel like my confidence has grown so much and it's only been really in the latter part of my life. And I hope that now by bringing the petite's clothing to the UK, I can give a whole bunch of women, hopefully young, the confidence to know you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not weird. You are just petite. You're under five foot three or under 160 centimetres. And that's it. Your proportions are different. And how good clothes look when they're cut to fit you properly. Like if you think about it, Someone walks through the door for a job interview, someone who's dressed sharp and someone who's not, and you like them both, who are you going to give the job to? It's like I want that that shopping experience and to feel you want it all. proud and that I can find something to wear when I'm a mom or something to wear to work or something where you want that job promotion or, you know, for all of those different experiences in your life, you know, a celebration to go to a wedding, to go to a friend's party. And uh, QVC have given me this opportunity to be able to do that. Are you working with them in Australia as well as the UK? It's just in the UK. So at the moment, because I'm stuck in Australia with COVID, um, we're working remotely. Uh, But I did come to London and have like 10 days with the crew there before COVID hit. And uh, we we were meant to launch last year. We, We delayed the launch date, rightly so, because we just couldn't do it properly um so it's uh been two and a half years in the making just my god with qvc because everything had to start from scratch from the patterns getting a mannequin made during a, a a global pandemic you know, you can't just order, you say, you know, I want the small, medium or uh, large of the the plus size or the maternity or the what. No, it doesn't exist. You've got to create it. Uh, so things take a lot longer. And I think that's been wonderful to really just like really dive deep into it. And I've had these beautiful moments um, 
with people that work at QVC that are also petite and we're in meetings and we've been teary because we have that oh. moment where you know that experience of feeling um, wrong or not good enough or you've, you've, you've got to wear, you know, a dress to a meeting and, and you know you're going to be embarrassed because it's going to slip off your shoulder. If you haven't had time to go and get it altered or you, you're secretly in the toilet like with a safety pin pinning it up because that's all you can do in that moment to make it work. I've done it all. Um, and and that connection with other women who um, know that it is, is magical. And so I want to create, it's not just another clothing range. It's not a celebrity range. It's, it's, it's a moment, it's a space for people to come together and just really celebrate themselves. And the sizing is brilliant. Like, People do think petite means a size zero. You know, yeah, they think not. that it's really small. And it's not, and we come in all shapes and sizes. Like I'm very hourglass. I'm very, very curvy. Some petites are very like straight up and down. Some are apple and pear shape. We come in all the same, you know, shapes as as, as other clothing. Yeah. It's we're just shorter. And so when you're designing all of the the seams where you place them and how things fit are more important because when you get it wrong, you look even shorter and you look even wider and bigger. Uh, we can't just get away with, oh, we're just going to slop something over and it looks amazing. That's why models are chosen for being really tall and really thin because anything looks great and drapes off them. It's the opposite yeah. with petite and you have to be very, very particular. And sometimes trends come in. They're not for us. It's not ever going to work. And <laughs> trust me, I've made a lot of mistakes. And Kate Thornton's seen them over the years. Um, I've made the mistakes. <laughs> Learn from me. Uh, I'm yeah. So I've got an experience of what works. And I'm I'm just I'm all about style and just having that clothing that gives you the confidence. So I want to do all the work, take away the headaches, and then just let people choose what makes them feel amazing. We. We go from a size 6P to a 22P. So it's very inclusive and I'm gathering together models that will model it in all different sizes in the range so that we will over time be able to see women and go, oh, that's me because I, I want other women to have that moment that I'd always dreamt of where I see someone that looks like me and I go, okay, that's it, you know. When does the show happen here in the UK after all this time and planning? When are you going on air? It's March. Yeah, it's like the first week of March and it's going to be electric. Oh, Danny, I've loved speaking to you. You too. You're good at everything, you're, but mostly you're a really good person and, um, I know, and I know that that has come through in our conversation today, so I don't need to tell the listeners that. Um, it's a joy. I love spending time in your company. Um, it's so nice to see you. Please pass my love to your mum and dad. Yes, and Kylie um, sends her love to you. Oh, poor old Brendan. He never gets a look in. Say hi to him too. We met once at a concert, but I always feel like he's the forgotten Minogue. Oh, no, he <laughs> likes being in the background. He's fine with that. I bet he does. <laughs> Daddy, I don't need to wish you success with the range because it's already six years established and it's now coming to our shores. Please tune in, please uh, check Danny's Instagram as well. If you feel that you qualify as a petite woman, it's all there for you. It's the door to Narnia. Step through yeah. and become your best, best self. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for listening. Wasn't she great? Isn't she great? If you enjoyed that episode, don't be afraid to go and rate and review us. We'd love you to do that. And it really helps other people to find and discover the show. As always, this episode has been produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Richard Hatherell for Yahoo UK. And editing and co-production comes courtesy of Callum Goddard Mucklow. Andy Bell, as always, has provided our music and our beats. You can catch all of his work on iTunes and Spotify with Oasis and Ride and as a solo artist. We'll be back next week. Until then, do as we do and please drink responsibly. But more than that, just take great care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.